Welcome to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast, where we're serving up gospel-fueled courage to the Christian woman to remain faithful in her calling. Hello, and welcome to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast. I'm here today with my friend Kelly Tungay. How are you today? I'm doing good. It's good good to be here. Thank you. Thank you for coming back on. We did an episode, was that last summer or when did you guys come here? Yeah, it was when we went, uh, we came and visited you guys for the Shepherd's Crook retreat. And then I stayed stayed with you. Yeah. So that would have been in May and it was very, I remember it being very hot because Scott was like, it feels like Southern Florida here. So we had we had a very yes. humid, hot May, which can happen sometimes in Southern Illinois. We've been blessed this year, though. It's been very mild and beautiful, like low humidity, amazing weather this year. Wow, so I've been that's very amazing. Thankful. Yeah, I've been so thankful. You uh, did an episode on Fruitful and Fearless about home, home with Kelly. So we talked about things that you do around your home and then also about your blog and different things. So give us a little bit of a life update about what you've been up to. Yes. So we moved since I last seen you, Mm -hmm. uh, we moved and that's been a great transition. You know, when you just like, know God is in every detail. Our biggest prayer was finding a church. And within our first month of being here, we found a church and it happens to be like five minutes down the road from us. And it's everything we were praying for of wholesome Christian families. Um, And so that's been such a blessing. I've made friends here and slowly trying to make our house a home and uh, get the garden going and stuff. So it's been a, a big transition, but it's been a lot of fun. Good. That's what I was going to ask you about the garden because I knew you had a rock and garden at your other place. So yes, which was so sad to leave. You put so much uh, work in, and a lot of things take years to get fruit from. Literally, fruit from. Like our raspberry bush took three years, and it's finally producing. And that's why I told you I was like, if we ever move, it's going to be a bummer because it takes years for some of the stuff to start actually yes. producing. And it's my mindset because we were renting, so I knew we weren't going to be there long yeah. term with doing the garden. But I was thinking this is for someone else to reap the benefits yeah, of, like everything. Cool. We're, like we're stewarding the season so that way someone else reaps the benefit. But it was quite unfortunate because our landlord didn't see it that way, and uh, he rounded up the whole garden <laughs> as soon as yeah. we left. So, um, yeah, that was just it was out of our hands. But yeah. it still was a, a learning season for me. Uh, but yeah, we have started a new garden here, which we didn't know we were buying this house until March. And so it was like a mad rush to try to get this garden going. And I feel like I've had a lot of problems with learning the soil and worms, but we have fruit. So we have tomatoes growing and I'm just grateful that we have something. And at the beginning of the garden season, I was like, if nothing happens, at least I'm getting vitamin D. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm working in the soil. Yeah. Some minerals probably (laughs) absorbed through your skin. Like there's some medicinal benefits happening through my labor here, even if I get no produce. (laughs) Exactly. Did you guys have a good strawberry season? Because I know we we were there last year. You guys had a ton. Yes, we did. Providence ate all of them. Like (laughs) that's what is happening with all of my berries. She just really, really likes berries. So I'm like, well, it's saving on my grocery bill because she literally just snacks the entire time she's outside. (laughs) 
you don't need to buy snacks yeah yeah she just eats all of the she ate all of the strawberries her and valor ate all the strawberries ransom ate some of them um but they would just immediately go to the patch and pick them all and eat them and then blackberries and raspberries are in season right now and they are eating all of those so that's it's fun and Ransom loves raspberries, which is why I originally planted the raspberry bush. So they, those two are kind of in a race when they go outside to like pick the raspberries that are ripe that day as quick as possible. Because we usually get like a handful a day. So they're like, we have to right. hurry or the other sibling will eat all the raspberries. <laughs> yes. But yeah, it's been good. Our garden is going really well this year. Um, I was very morning sick whenever we were planting. So it was one of those years of like, whatever gets in like I had very low expectations and I didn't know if anything would actually get in the ground and it was it was plotting for sure I would get a little bit in this day and I would go and buy some seed another day or like gradually find some from someone else they would hand me something you know or like I have too many of these starts of this do you want some and at now that everything is coming in I posted this on Instagram recently but it's just so kind of God to give us a harvest on a year that I thought that nothing would be the harvest. I thought that it was like just so much vomiting and nausea that no garden would happen, but instead it's been really beautiful. And, um, there's a girl at our church that started a bunch of heirloom seeds this year and sold plants at our spring market. We had a little spring market and she set up a booth with a bunch of heirloom plants and it was just so cool. And she did a great job with it. So I bought a few different varieties of tomatoes from her and they're all coming in great. And then I bought um, a jalapeno. Have you heard of these before? It's like jalapenos, no. but they're, they're not spicy. So wow, you can, but it used to have the flavor. Yes. So you can make mild salsas and, and different things that you would use jalapenos for, but it's great for the kids because it's not too spicy and fresh jalapenos are like so much hotter than a store-bought like pickled jalapeno. I remember the first year because I like jalapenos on things, but the first year Jared and I planted a jalapeno plant and we like brought it inside and just like bit a piece. We're like, Oh my gosh, the like inferno fire in your mouth. So, but anyways, these are really good because they're not too spicy. Um, But I got those from her and I'm getting a million of those. And then what else do we got? Some bell peppers growing, lots of cucumbers coming in that are pickling cucumbers. Um, So I'm kind of stocking those up to do a pickle day coming up soon. And um, I have a couple of rows of green beans. Did you do potatoes this year? Because I know you did it last year. I you were telling me how you were doing them. Mm -hmm. And it went really well. And I got, gosh, probably like 50 or 60 potatoes, I think. The storage of the potatoes was my problem. And the same with the carrots. And I I made a mistake and just like harvested all my carrots rather than leaving them in the ground and then just using them as needed. Margo taught me that. I was like, oh, okay. So you just leave your carrots in the ground. And then as you go through the winter, you just go out and dig out, you know, however many carrots you want to cook that day. Yeah. But I didn't know that. So I harvested them all. And then I had a bunch of very sad wrinkly carrots and that I had to just cook up. So, and we only have a certain allotted amount of garden space right now that we have tilled. And so I'm trying to do plants that have the most yield for a smallest, you know, so the priorities for the space. Yeah. I understand that. Like one green bean plant will give me lots of green beans where that same amount of space, I would only get a couple potatoes. So 
Do you can your green beans or do you freeze them? Going to this year. Last year, I blanched them and then froze them. So I just did like a few minutes in the boiling water, a few minutes in ice water, and then froze them flat, like uh, flash froze them on a cookie sheet. It's so fun to talk to a girl. I'm always talking to Jared on these episodes. <laughs> like I haven't talked about this kind of stuff on Fruitful and Fearless in a while. <laughs> um, anyway so I flash froze them and then put them all in like gallon ziploc bags but this year I'm going to try to actually can them because I have a pressure canner now I didn't have one last year so someone just amazing yeah someone just gave me a pressure someone gave you one yes that's a a friend of our family is downsizing and going through her shed and she's like the most homemaker extreme awesome woman and so she's given me all kinds of cool stuff lately I'm like keep going through your shed because I'm really benefiting from this that is such a blessing I was just looking up pressure canning because my mom just taught me how to pressure can with hers two weekends ago and so I was like I'm gonna look up how much it is to buy one and the one that she has was I think $375. Okay. Yeah. So uh, that's amazing. Is is the brand Presto? Is it Presto? Is that the brand? Or do you know? I don't remember. Okay. Yeah. I'm not sure. Um, But I, last year I got Ball's Blue, I think it's called Blue Canning Book. Yes, that's the one I have. Yeah. And that's really great to have because things have changed. A lot of my canning knowledge is like hand me down. My great grandma taught my mom a lot of stuff. And then she, it's just like hand me down knowledge, but a lot of things have changed because farming standards have changed. And like now tomatoes are not as acidic as they were in the seventies. So you can't just hot water bath tomatoes when you're canning tomatoes, you have to pressure can tomatoes. So like things like that, that have changed that I'm like, I'm not sure if I'm doing things correctly. So I think it was last year, the year before I bought that, the actual um, book that Bob put out. And that's been really helpful and had a lot of good information in it. So I'm going to go buy that for my green beans, I think. So we'll see. And I hope to get enough tomatoes to do just canned tomatoes. Cause I like, I like to do just um, macaroni and tomatoes. I don't know if that's like a Southerny thing. Did you guys grow up eating macaronis and tomatoes? I have never had that. Okay. No. Well, we do this was like a staple of my childhood, (laughs) like the shell noodles with a little bit of bacon grease, salt and pepper, and a can of tomatoes, macaronis and tomatoes. You never had that? That sounds amazing. It's really good. It's really good. Like a very salty, acidic (laughs) pasta side dish, but like a common meal. And with the bacon grease, I can imagine it elevates the- It's so good. It's just like an easy kid lunch like that and like a tuna patty or a salmon patty or something like that is what we would commonly have for lunch at my house growing up. But anyways, I like to can tomatoes for that and chili and, you know, different soups that you'd put canned tomatoes in. And a garden tomato is just such a different flavor than a store-bought tomato that I just, I love them. They're so good. I'll have to do that this year because I always just do tomato sauce for like pizza sauce because yeah. I feel like we go through so much pizza sauce. Yeah, but that's so smart because then you can still make your you can still make pizza sauce. Pizza yeah, sauce later yeah. on since it's already canned. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's that's so simple. Smart. It's like canning salt and then just your tomatoes and the juice from the tomatoes, and that's basically the only thing you put in them. So it's like very quick to whip up a bunch of jars and then pressure can them mm-hmm. you made ketchup one year though didn't you or barbecue sauce yeah and I'll never do that again yeah I, I remember it you saying ketchup. it was super labor intensive 
<laughs> looks like an all-day affair and then by the time everything cooks down to ketchup you I think I got two jars like two pint size yeah. jars no <laughs> no I'm not doing this again yeah. maybe if I had like so many tomatoes I didn't know what to do with yeah then maybe it would be worth it uh-huh. but yeah I think it'll be a long time before I attempt to do ketchup again yeah and then my friend at church she was working subbing at a preschool and they had like flats and flats and flats of leftover uh cuties you know the little mandarin oranges and they were just gonna throw them out they're like does anybody want these so she brought them to church and gave out a bunch and then there was still a bunch left over so we canned a bunch of those just like I, we did a few wow. jars that were just like for snacking, you know, like you open a jar and eat mandarin oranges. And then I made orange marmalade, which was so fun. And it felt so Paddington Bear. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah, it was so <laughs> fun. Um, so I made a bunch of those to give as neighbor gifts this winter. Because um, I, I always give my neighbors something. So I'm going to do those and put some, I'm going to think I'm going to do like dried orange slices to hang off the front, you know, and little Merry yes. Christmas from the Sparks. So that's my plan for that. I always like to do it early, but especially this year since we're having a baby close to Yes. And that's something that like no one makes for themselves or no one really goes out and buys orange. It's like a treat. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I've ever bought orange marmalade, but I would like to have some. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. The only time I've ever had it is in South Africa. And I think it's because the whole British thing. Um, yeah, probably it being popular because there they put it on like brie cheese and crackers they make Yum. it part of their charcuterie board that sounds amazing mm-hmm. yeah mine turned out kind of thin which I was disappointed about but I'm like you know what I'll just call it marmalade syrup and yes. then yeah it's all like in waffles. how you spin it yeah waffles mm-hmm. ice cream like mixed drinks at Christmas time it would be fun so there's a lot of things you can do with it but I'm always like okay I'm this is still a gift how am I going to spin this so it doesn't seem like a mistake (laughs) yeah my mom the one year she did a uh, strawberry jam recipe but it was with applesauce instead of sugar oh and so she made it for gifts but it didn't really, it was the same as what you're talking about with your marmalade. It was very runny because Mm -hmm. you didn't have, and I think the applesauce was an alternative to pectin, which pectin is what makes it. Mm -hmm. So she ended up giving it as gifts anyways, but she, I remember her thinking like, these people are probably wondering what did she make? What is is this? (laughs) What is this red liquid? Right. yeah but it's healthy yeah they don't realize it's the healthier version yeah just appreciate it it's healthy um <laughs> I, that happened with me with strawberry jelly one year but again it was delicious on ice cream so it was fine yeah exactly yeah. oh I also was gonna tell you so Azure I know that you guys use Azure and I finally started doing it they got yeah. a drop location in a town over from us so because before it was an hour away so we hadn't done it because I'm like yes. I don't know really a day of the week that I can just like go an hour away to pick it up so they got a drop location close and we've done it twice now and I'm very excited about it so it's it amazing yes is it overwhelming for you what has been overwhelming for me is trying to, because I wasn't getting the emails about the drop. And so I was like having to ask friends that also do it. Like, when is it going to be here? And then now I'm getting the emails. So that's been better. Um, but I also, I am not a good, I'm not good at like how much is 64 ounces 
like or like how much how big is this so some things I've bought and been like that was actually pretty expensive for not that much how small it was yes because I was expecting in my mind like a huge bulk situation and it ended up not being that big that happened with laundry laundry detergent I think last time because for the amount I paid I was like oh it's gonna be huge but it wasn't really but most things I found are um, pretty comparable to the prices I was paying anyway and I like the idea that it is a Christian company and I it feels like standards that you can trust and that kind of thing with food. So, and um, we were going to do something different with groceries anyway. So I was like looking at Thrive Market, looking at all these different, um, different online-y type grocery situations. And this was in June. So Jared was like, well, let's just look at the, let's look them up online. And like you pull up Thrive and it's a pride flag. And then you yeah. pull up Azure and it's like this really wholesome Christian company. So I'm like, okay, it's worth figuring out the system to support Christians. So I agree. And there's definitely like a learning curve with it. I think the best way to shop from Azure is if you're just going to buy the biggest quantity of whatever yeah. they have. And because it's cheap, it tells you like per ounce the prices. So the more you get, the cheaper it is. Yes. Like this month, I think I did. 15 one pound blocks of butter and it was $111, which again, I was like, that's so much for butter. But what do I constantly run to the grocery for is butter. I feel like that's always last minute thing for a potluck and I'm going to make cookies. And I realize I don't have any butter in the house. Mm -hmm. And so I'm taking a 20 minute trip to the store, 20 minutes back. And I'm like, okay, if I just get these 15, one pounds sticks of butter, put them in the freezer then that's something I don't and have to think about. Butter freezes so well that that is a great one to buy in bulk. I've been doing that too. Um, okay. I think I did the Mother's. I think it was like Mother's Best or something brand. I think that's the one that I got because it was- Okay, I haven't tried that one. So you got the pound. Yours are not in sticks. Yours are just the pound ones. Yeah, it's little pound. They look like rolls. It was, yeah. I think the Sierra Nevada brand. I can't okay. remember, but yeah. um, it was the one, there was another brand, but they were sold out. So yeah. Yeah. Um, so when you use that, then how do you measure out your butter for like, if you're going to make cookies? So most of the recipes I follow is with grams. Okay. So I usually so just, just weigh, weigh the butter. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. That works out really well. What are some other favorites from Azure yeah. that I need to know about? Do you guys like coconut water? <laughs> this is random. Yeah. Yeah. Every, okay. So every morning I drink a mixture of some uh, it's like, it's this fresh cold pressed orange juice that I really like. That's like one ingredient orange juice. So it's like a little bit of orange juice, some coconut water. And I do the, uh, right now I'm doing the young living Ningxia. Do, have you heard of this before? Okay. It's yes. like good for boosting your iron and that kind of stuff. And my iron tends to plummet a bit when I'm pregnant. So I've been doing this combo of the orange juice, coconut water and the Ningxia and it's, delicious and it makes me feel really good so yes I do use a lot of coconut water right now so they have they just came out with their own brand of coconut water it's organic and it comes in these little glass bottles which are so adorable okay I'm writing this down use them yes and it I like figured up all the prices comparing to other ones and it's comparable to the other ones they sell and it's also comparable to grocery store prices of coconut water because I feel like coconut water has gone up a lot everything price yes everything yes Mm -hmm. so I was thinking with the like I use re I reuse glass bottles for everything like Mm -hmm. making vanilla or Mm -hmm. storing 
my dried herbs and stuff. So I was like, this is a nice thing I can actually reuse and not buy mason jars specifically for these things. I can just reuse these glass bottles. Mm -hmm. So I recommend that one. That's been my most recent favorite. Um, I'm trying to think of other things I can like just look around my (laughs) pantry area. And again, with all of my wheat berries. Okay. Yeah. I was just going to say with the little glass bottles, again, with a Christmas present idea, you could totally make vanilla and put them in those for Christmas gifts for your neighbors. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) And it's cute. Yeah. Okay. So your wheat berries you get Um, from Azure? Yeah. I get all of my grains because I just buy whatever the biggest bag is. So Mm -hmm. 25 pounds or 50 pounds. And then I get those five pound buckets, the food grade buckets from them. With with the seal, Mm -hmm. gamma lids. Spenny lids. Yes. Mm -hmm. And um, just store everything in there. And that is a really good price on all of their grains. I'm trying to think of things you wouldn't think of buying. Oh, they just came out with um, organic chocolate chips sweetened with coconut sugar. I got them and they're so delicious. You got them? They're delicious. Did you try them? Yes, they're delicious. And I got the giant bag of them because I think you and Jared bonded over this. He's the chocolate chip thief in our house. That He's like the little mouse that he walks by the cabinet and gets a few chocolate chips. Yeah. Okay. So I would buy bags of chocolate chips and then I thought that I would have a whole bag and then I'd go to make chocolate chips. And I'm like, these are half gone. What has happened? So I was like, I'm just going to buy the giant bag of chocolate chips. And then I have enough to, you know, feed the birds chocolate chips as they need them. (laughs) Okay. That is so exciting because I am getting my order in this week and I bought those and I was like, this could be really risky because it was like $38 Mm. for the five pound bag. Mm. Uh, So I'm glad to hear it was good. Yeah, good. Yeah. I really like them. Um, I ordered last time the giant block of raw cheddar and they were out and it was like I got the order in and I was looking I was like where's my giant thing of cheese because I was very excited about it and it was not in my order and then I looked at my emails like your order shipped incomplete I guess sometimes if they're out of something they'll go ahead and ship your order but you'll not have but I have heard great things about the giant block of raw cheddar cheese so I'm pumped for that next time I get that about every other month Mm -hmm. because we just eat so much cheese and again it's so expensive when you buy just Mm -hmm. the eight ounce yeah. Block. Yeah. I also well, got, I got honey from them uh, this time because, well, I have some local honey, but I also like to sweeten lemonades and teas and things in the summertime with honey. So I got just a huge thing yeah. of honey um, for that. And then what else? I think I got avocado oil. Um, can't remember what else I got, but I've been pleased. I mean, there hasn't really been anything that I've been super disappointed with other than my own user error with like the ounces and things like, right. oh this was not the yes. size I thought but I'm getting a hang of it so yeah that was one thing I was like I gotta talk to Kelly about Azure Please. have you ever heard of essential organics no okay what is it that is another place you can look up it's uh, a bulk food shop and yeah. some of their stuff is way more expensive than Azure but Other things like spices and like onion powder, garlic powder, Mm -hmm. those end up being cheaper. Okay. Um, So that's good to know. And it ships to your house too. Yeah, I love that. I do love that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Essentialorganics.com, I'm assuming. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. And I've looked up and I don't think they touch anything political or anything. Mm -hmm. So I'm fine with that. They don't even acknowledge any crazy stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't, I don't think they're Christian, but mm-hmm. they're, they're not, not shoving anything else in my face, either. then <laughs> <laughs> I feel okay buying from you. 
That's good to know because I have been looking for bulk spices and things like that because I, I was just getting on Amazon like a giant thing of organic cumin or different spices right. that I need. So cool. Well, it's very fun. I could talk to you all day just about like girly things like this, which is one reason I was like, I want to talk to Kelly whenever I was texting you about this. I was like, I just want to talk to Kelly about all the girly things. I also want to talk to you about this because I've heard you chat about singleness, some with Scott and Kelly, um, your guys' YouTube channel and say some really helpful things. And I got a question in response to an episode that Jared and I did on singleness and someone asked, can you talk a little more about daughters who have already done the normal thing and are graduated college and already living on their own? This seems to be the place that I find a lot of women. And what about single moms? So um, chat a little. Let's go down this rabbit trail of what about single women who've not stayed? Because the the case that Jared and I made was the best place for a single woman to be who is an adult would be still in their father's house until they find a husband where they still have a hedge of protection and a covering over them, a man who's willing to protect them and provide for them. And they can pursue, um, you know, just preparing themselves to be the best wife that they could possibly be. So we said that that was like an ideal situation, but obviously not everyone is in that place when they're single. And then we can also talk about like how to know if you have the gift of singleness or if you're just in a season of waiting, because I think that is something that is confusing for single women too. Like, well, maybe God has ordained me to be single. And it's like, do you have the gift of singleness or do you actually burn with passion and you are just waiting for God to send a husband? Um, And which reminds me of Nancy Lee DeMoss. Do you know who that is? No. Okay. She is an author and she didn't get married till she was an older woman. I'd have to look it up, but I think it was like fifties or something along those lines until she actually got married. Um, So sometimes the waiting period is very long um, when you're waiting for a husband, but anyways, okay. Rabbit trail. What are your thoughts? Yeah. Well, I was the girl who went to college and moved out of my parents' home. And I would say I did all of the normal things. I do feel like um, morally, my parents protected me and I was very prepared for college. So I didn't live the promiscuous lifestyle in college that I think is unfortunate that a lot of, uh, the consequences of going to college these days, um, in our current culture. Yeah. But for me, it's funny when you're telling this story, cause I'm like that I went down all of those thought patterns yeah. because I wasn't meeting anyone. I'm like, mm-hmm. what if I'm supposed to be single right. for the rest of my life? I need to be on mission for God. Right. Meanwhile, I am the Amy Carmichael. That's not exactly. going to get married. I need to just move to India. <laughs> yes. And I was like, also looking at every other guy on campus, like, could they be my husband? Could yeah. they be my mm-hmm. husband? So I think that's what I wish someone would have said exactly what you said of if you burn with lust, if you have any remote desire to be married, you are not called to celibacy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, because I think that actually messed me up more than helping me because I had this mindset of, well, what if I'm supposed to be single? Then I feel like I became very mission focused of, well, then what am I supposed to be doing? If I'm not going to be a wife and a mom, then I'm obviously going to be on some mission field doing something. And instead of using that time to make myself feminine and attractive to a masculine man, I went very much into 
a masculine mindset of what is my mission? What is mm. my purpose? Yeah. And so I think for girls that have graduated college, live on their own, how can you pursue femininity what with whatever you're doing right now? So if even if that's you're you have to work a job because you have to provide for yourself. I think that's so important with what you and Jared talked about, the blessing of being under your parents' household is it protects you from having to provide for yourself, having to protect yourself and all the things that happens when you now live on your own. And then on top of that, you're now dealing with the pressures and the, and the weights of like, okay, well, I really want to meet someone. How do I meet people? So I think for me, I wish I would have had more of a mindset of placing myself in situations to meet guys that shared my values. And even if that meant finding a job where there's other guys, because I don't think I realized that marriage is an amazing purpose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Having children is yeah. the the purpose. Yeah. And so it's okay to actually desire those things and put yourself in positions to for that to be fulfilled. You don't have to be tough and just like mm-hmm. be an independent, strong woman, which is what the culture says of like, pick up your big girl pants and, mm-hmm. and deal with it. Yeah. And it's like, no, it's actually okay to admit that you want to be married and yeah. you want to have children. And then mm-hmm. to ask the people around you if they know. Scott and I are obviously, we always talk about this. We're grateful that we got married at 18. I think we would have been far better yeah, it would have been more enjoyable to be married young than to, it would have been far more easier because the problem is with a girl living on her own is you become very independent. You do have to learn to provide and protect yourself. So then when you get married, you have to unlearn all of those Mm -hmm. feminist things that you didn't, I didn't even realize I picked up just trying to survive as a single girl and then realizing, actually, I can be dependent on my husband. Mm -hmm. I can trust him to provide for us. I don't have to be in control of every situation. I can trust my husband's leadership Mm -hmm. of our home. I can submit to him as my leader. Whereas Mm -hmm. when you're single and you don't have a father figure in your life, you end up being the one in control of all the circumstances. Yeah. I think it's an important distinction. The, um, the gift of singleness or the gift of celibacy, which is two vastly different things where it, the Bible actually is, it's a gift of celibacy. So it's a, a person who does not long for a physical relationship with a spouse and doesn't burn with passion in that way. And, and I think that you guys said on episode one time, like if you're a woman who is watching Hallmark movies all the time, you know, and it's like, you're, you're the Hallmark movie person. You're just like very attracted to the romance and, and all of that aspect of Hallmark movies, or it could be novels or anything like that. If that's you and you're like, have this internal longing and you just love that stuff, like you are not gifted with a gift of celibacy. <laughs> and I think that that is an important right. distinction because for women, it's different. Um, it's it's not always, and it could be, of course, but it's not as frequently like pornography addiction or something like that, but it could be like this lusting after the romance and like the masculine figure to be present in your life. 
I think it's so helpful just to realize like, okay, that, that train of thought and that desire that's God given. And that's not a bad thing to desire those things, but just to know that means that I should be pursuing marriage and that I shouldn't think, okay, well then I'm gifted with singleness, whatever that means. I'm doing air quotes. No one can see me except Kelly, but I'm doing air quotes. Um, that doesn't mean then that you are gifted with singleness, that you should then just pursue singleness and your own mission and whatever. Like if those are things that you are deeply desiring, then you're right. Like, okay, start praying for a spouse and start asking godly people around you. Like, can you, can you please help me? Can you pray for me and with me that God would send me a spouse? Cause that's what I desire. And, and then also, do you know anyone? Do you know any godly men that are, um, available that you think would be a good husband because I want to have a good husband and that's okay to ask and to seek. And we have people all the time that call from other states and are like, is there any godly men in your church or is there any godly women in your church? And um, that's a great thing. Like net, then yes. that's, that's a cool thing about social media and one of the benefits of technology is that we can do this like interconnected situation where, you know, there's like-minded people in this state that we know and like-minded people in the state that we know where, um, where we can network a bit and help, help people out hopefully. But yeah, I think just knowing yourself, knowing the actual calling and then, um, in your time of being single and waiting, if you, if you do recognize about yourself, like, okay, this is not a gift that I've been given. I actually really would love to be married to a godly man. Then using that time, if you are, um, if you are living on your own or working, like you said, to still pursue feminine virtue. So whether that be pursuing, I always talk about pursuing domesticity, like pursuing skills that you think would be a blessing to your family one day, pursue them now when you have the extra time in the evenings where you're not making supper for a husband or you're not putting kids to bed or whatever that you might do whenever you have a family, you can use that time to learn and pursue people who have those kind of skills and that you can ask them to teach you, disciple you in this aspect of life, like mentor you and how to be a whatever, fill in the blank, whatever you think would be beneficial, um, or even pursue a job that will train you in something that will be beneficial in your domestic sphere. And keep your femininity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So those are things that I thought about, but also just Jared um, and the boys did a podcast recently about how nature teaches us things about masculinity and femininity. And how okay so they talked about this uh rooster that would like give food to the hens he would like go and get these bugs and then drop them at the hens feet and like he was providing for these hens it was so cute and they talked about it on the podcast and then a lady from our church who hadn't even listened to the podcast yet sent us a video of her rooster picking blackberries and dropping them at the no hen's feet. Ways. And it was so crazy. Jared was like, this is wild. Did you hear the episode? And she hadn't even heard it yet, but she was just showing us this cool thing about um, the way God has created these animals. And God tells us in scripture to look at creation, to look at the animals, look at these things and see evidence of the way he's ordered things with gender. So anyways, it's really cool about these roosters providing and it was just making me think of that god loves protecting and providing for women like all of the all of these yes. things in scripture that the feminists hate 
that they hate the idea of submission to a man unless it's unless it's like a career boss for some weird reason but right yeah but like submission to a husband they hate that idea or um or like having that to be women can't be pastors or, yeah or that women can't be pastors like all these things are protections that god has put in place to protect women and that is a lovely thing and we should yes. be so thankful like we should look at this rooster situation and be like thank you god that you have put it inside creation that there are and, and of course this isn't across the board i'm sure there's like really terrible situations with animals <laughs> and men like right <laughs> when we see examples like this in creation, we should rejoice and say, thank you, God, that you are a God that cares for women, that you protect women and that you set up the structure for families and marriage in a way that we're cared for and protected. And that's a wonderful thing. And yes, um, be eager to. And then that we don't have to contend because I think when you're single, it's so easy to have to contend for yourself and you get used to being contentious because of the culture, the mainstream culture, trans women, that you need to fight, you need to be on mission. And then as Christians, the Bible says like a wife that is quarrelsome, it would be better for her like to be at the corner of the house than to be Mm -hmm. near her. And so to then get out of that contentious place and learn to receive and to be receptive, and then you can practice those things while you're single. You're single. I don't think yeah. I realized how many of the things that you can actually prepare for mm-hmm. marriage while you're single, just like Absolutely. what you said of learning practical skills, skills, but then also emotional skills. Absolutely. That's a great point. Learning to manage your emotions, that our emotions don't rule us, but mm-hmm. we can have control of our emotions. Yeah. And then how much more prepared will you be for? If there's a weirdness, uh, we're having signal issues, but, um, okay. So we're talking about singleness and pursuing even like aspects of ourself that would be beneficial for marriage, like emotional control. Exactly. Because I always think of like the practical hands-on skills, things that are beneficial, but you're right. Things like emotional control, things like that. And also having a gentle and quiet spirit. Those are things that you can pursue now, um, that will be a blessing to your husband and a blessing to you. And that that's another thing yes. with all of this is like, it's a blessing to you to pursue a gentle and quiet spirit. Like if you want to have a more peaceful life, pursue a gentle and quiet spirit. And like, that doesn't mean like just biting your tongue, but still being really loud in your heart and in your mind, but actually being quiet and just being content and peaceful and being okay with the sovereignty of the Lord. And even in the small things and the way your day goes, just those are all things that will be a huge blessing to your marriage. If you pursue now, it reminds me of, um, last time we came to visit you, you were talking about the hospitality and it was, it really blessed me because I did not, I I've never felt hospitality was something that came naturally to me. And then coming into marriage and then church community and all of a sudden now realizing it's good to host people. It's good to have people over. And it was so easy for me to get really worked up about this vision that I think hospitality should be because Mm -hmm. of the things that I've seen and the things that I'm not naturally good at. Mm -hmm. And and having this expectation for myself that the house, like everything has to be absolutely perfect yeah. and in order to host people. Mm-hmm. And when we were visiting you, you were saying the importance, like grumbling before people arrive mm-hmm. is sin. Mm-hmm. And 
that was such a, a blessing to me because I'm like calling it what it is like mm-hmm. the attitude before people come mm-hmm. is something to work on mm-hmm. more than just the hosting aspect yeah. like if mm-hmm. if I can't joyfully learn how to be hospitable there has to be a better way of doing this to mm-hmm. where I can have a great attitude before people come mm-hmm. um, so that really blessed me just calling it what it is yeah. of when things are sin and how we use our emotions, it can be sinful if it's grumbling, if it's yeah. complaining, if it's lashing out emotionally the moment before people arrive yeah. at the house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're trying to get things in order. Yeah. A lot of work to do is not a bad thing. Jared and I have been talking about this recently. Like it's not a bad thing to have a lot of work to do or to be exhausted at the end of the day. Like those things aren't yeah. sin. It's not sin to be exhausted or sin to have a ton of things to do. Um, it's very helpful for you if you are not in that place continually because it is more temptation for you. There's more temptation if you are in a constant state of like rush, hurry, I'm really, I got a lot to do. I'm kind of stressed out in the moment. Like that is a lot of temptation. So figuring out the right systems can be so helpful and such a blessing. And like, I really enjoy bringing a meal to someone when they have a baby or you know, whenever someone just needs a meal, I really like that. And it used to really stress me out and feel like so much work to prepare a meal for our family and to bring to someone else. And, you know, I want it to be thoughtful and I want to like think of everything they might need. And I want it to be special when I do that. Um, But to be able to do that and still cook dinner for my family and still like have the kitchen not look like an explosion went off in it. (laughs) Um, It means that I have to have a system. I have to have a plan. I have to like tweak this and plan and put mental energy into it so that I'm able to do this and it be a lot less amount of work or pressure or anything like that than it could be. So I think learning stuff like that while you're single can be such a blessing um, because then you go into your marriage with systems in place. And of course, certain things you just have to wait until that season and then you get your system and you figure things out. But man, what a blessing it would be if you like already have a cleaning schedule set up when you're you get married, you're like, I already kind of know how I clean and, and how I go about this. And certainly those things have to be tweaked through the years and different seasons. But if you already kind of generally have a plan of how you take care of things, what you do about this, like, a general knowledge of how to take care of someone when they're sick. You have those systems in place. It can be a huge blessing because then you don't have to go through the process. I'm real stressed out anytime someone's sick because I don't know how to really take care of them and they're not doing their part and I don't know what to do now. So making the best use of your time now so that in that season, you're ready. You're ready to go and you can be the best blessing you can be. For single women, I think it would be beneficial to like attach themselves to married women in the church um, to just be discipled by, spend time with, like that can happen whether you live in your father's house or you don't in the season. Um, Also just uh, being a blessing to the women at your church, uh, seeking out families that might need a helping hand during certain seasons. Single women generally have more time than married women. So um, using that season to be a blessing and look for people who might need help rather than using it on yourself, you know, yes. um, random things for yourself. That Getting just to witness and have a vision for a healthy home life, mm-hmm. being able to see the picture of that, like, oh, family's good. Children are a blessing. This mom really likes 
her children. Mm -hmm. I think that's so important because then that makes the desire for being married and have children, having children so much more. There's a family that we know that uh, they have girls that are teenagers and uh, the mom calls it being a mother's helper. So she asked the girls, which women of the church do you want to be a mother's helper for? Love that. I love that. I, it, I was like, that is such a good language. And it's so cute seeing these girls because they are so excited. Like mm -hmm. the one girl was like, can I be your mother's helper, even though oh. you're not a mom yet? Oh, I and love I, it. I was like, yes, you can help me with the garden. She's like, I would yeah. love to help you with the garden. Oh my goodness. That's so thinking, sweet. How prepared are these girls yeah. already for marriage and children? Because they already have this servant's heart. Yeah. That's wonderful. I love that so much. Uh, so Nancy Wilson talks a little bit in the fruit of her hands. We just went through that um, at our church with some ladies and she talks in the last chapter about widow widows and, and how to prepare when you are not a widow for widowhood essentially. And like, hopefully that will never happen to any of us, but the, um, the odds are that some people are going to be left with their husband passing away before them and hopefully good long life together. But some of the things that she says are really practical and helpful and also apply to singleness. And there's some scriptures that also talk about warnings to widows that I think also apply to singleness. It's, it's, um, it's a group of women who no longer have a covering of a husband. So it's same as single women, they do not currently have a covering of a husband and their life. So um, some things that Nancy Wilson addresses is like, um, be weary of people who may want to take advantage of you. And it's the same it, for widows and for single women, like be cautious because there are people out there who would want to take advantage of a woman who is more gullible. You know, you're, the Bible yeah. says that we are more gullible. And so just being cautious of that, having people in your life that you can bounce ideas off of like, Hey, is this a good financial decision? Someone is advising me that I should do this financially. Does that sound wise? Either having a father, if you have a godly father that you are frequently bouncing ideas off of and, and just not having the um, independent idea of like, well, I'm grown. I'm a grown woman. I'm out of my own. I can make my decisions, but being humble and seeking an older person's wisdom the Bible tells us to do that, to seek the wisdom of an older person and to be humble enough to do that, to like <clears throat> not be taken advantage of by people, whether it be physically, financially, in whatever way. Um, so that was one thing that I thought was really helpful. And then um, scripture also talks about the warning to widows about not being idle and not being busybodies. So um, we have these two different things of like the widows could be idle, like they're not they're not getting their work done. They're not seeking out ways to um, be productive or to help others or to be a servant. Um, so same for single women. I think the temptation is even if you're working a job, chances are you get off at, at latest five in the evening. Like that's a long right. evening. What are you going to do? Um, and it would be a serious temptation to be idle, to eat dinner and then watch TV or yeah. scroll on Instagram or something um, because you don't have other people in your home probably. So uh, if you're by yourself, what are ways that you cannot be idle? What, how can you be productive during the hours of day that you're alone? Um, and then also not being a busybody, not going from house to house, consuming gossip and the latest news and just um, being a busybody 
with your words and actions in that way. But how can you go to a home, but be a blessing there and not be consuming, but giving and giving of yourself of your time. So those were a few things that I thought of too, of just um, from that book. And then also from scripture that I was thinking the, whenever you see things about widows in scripture, you can often relate it to singleness. Yeah, that's really good. And do you think that the world that we live in, how it's labeled like singleness is a gift or a blessing? Do you think that that mindset makes people or makes girls delay marriage because they think it's a season that they should be in Mm -hmm. instead of, well, like this happens to be the season that you're in. So make the best of it. Mm -hmm. But the goal is everything in this season is to prepare you and to equip you for marriage. So Mm -hmm. don't forsake the season. I don't know. Scott and I talk about it a lot. And I'm like, I think that using language of singleness as a gift, like makes a girl not realize that actually marriage (laughs) is a gift Mm -hmm. and it's, it's good to want to pursue marriage. Right. Uh, I think that's a, an interesting thought because it is seen as almost this like exotic adventurous time in yes. a young woman's life of like this is this is like the free season that you have uh the whole wanderer and like what's going to happen what am i going to do with my life you never yes. know <laughs> and you're right like the the norm is that most christian women are going to get married like that's that's not the exception that is the norm and the exception is going to be these this very small amount of people that are gifted with a gift of celibacy that don't marry and devote their life to Christ and praise God for that. And that's fine. But the norm is going to be most Christian women get married. And you're right. I think that um, we should present it in that way to our daughters of like, probably going to be a wife one day. We'll pray for that. And like, we desire that. And that is a blessing to you. And we're going to prepare you in that way. Yes. We're going to talk about Mm -hmm. these things and help you Mm -hmm. with finding a husband, whatever that looks like. And um, Doug Wilson and Her Hand in Marriage is a book that they, have you read that book? No. But it's like a biblical courtship marriage, basically. But he talks a lot about like the parent's role in the whole finding a husband, finding a wife thing. And I think that that's something that's been majorly lost in our society as well, is that the parents have a huge hand to play in who their child marries. And they should see it as that way. They should see it as part of my job is to be a protection to my daughter until I give her to a husband. That's the picture of a wedding is yes, the the dad is handing over his daughter. Like I've protected you until this point. Yeah. Now it's... mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that it's not seen as that anymore. It's like, oh, I'm 18. So now I'm my own person and I'm going to go out on my own. And, and that's not a blessing to not have a covering of protection over you in, in that way. So yeah, that's a, it's an interesting thought. Another thing that she talks about in the fruit of her hands is that for the widow and the same for the single woman that Christ is her husband, that, that we do have, even during seasons of singleness, we do have Christ as, um, a great protector for us. You know, even if our dad is absent or we don't have a godly father and maybe that is the um, place that some single women are in is like, I didn't want to stay in my father's house because he's an ungodly man. And I needed to be away from that situation. 
And in those circumstances, it is a great comfort to know that Christ is our husband, that he is our head and that he protects us, provides for us. He's our great physician. Um, he is our high priest, our shepherd, like all these things that are protective words. And and that is a great comfort to women, I think, in general, especially single women who who do not have a husband. Yes, I t- that is such a good point, because I feel like that was my experience with college. Like, even though I left my dad's covering to go to college, I feel like Father God took that place mm-hmm. of providing and protecting mm-hmm. me. And my heart was sincere towards the Lord. And I really can see looking back at my college years, like many times how he protected me and what could have been bad situations and the Lord protected me. And then again, during my, (laughs) I didn't meet Scott until I was 25. So, um, all the way up to there, Jesus learning that he is my, uh, provider and protector. And that's such a good point. And also realizing that God is our ultimate fulfillment. Like you're not going to find that in your husband. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Being married is a blessing. Yeah. But it's not all satisfying. Like this is not an institution that you are now all satisfied and have no, no, no sin struggles at all anymore. Right. (laughs) Yeah. That's a great point because if you are looking and longing for marriage, because you think that you will then be fulfilled and no longer ever lonely or bored or all your problems (laughs) are solved. Yeah. (laughs) No longer have a financial need of any sort. Like, um that definitely dependent upon the lord yeah yeah because that's idolizing marriage like idolizing a person that and putting a weight on them that they cannot bear like that that's going to crush your husband if if you think that he is supposed to be your uh, savior essentially so yeah i think keeping it in the right perspective of like yes marriage is an amazing blessing but christ christ is our true fulfillment and without him there's no joy there's no peace or satisfaction so yeah. And then that's really good. Any other thoughts? We've been chatting a long time and I could talk to you for so much longer. I know. I, feel <laughs> like I could talk to you too, Jordan. Um, no, I think this is good. I think I, I'm curious what conversations you and Jared have had with Providence. Like mm-hmm. what are your thoughts with her? Obviously she's so little right now, yeah. but I'm sure you think about these things mm-hmm. of raising a daughter yeah. and what does that look like for her? Um... So I don't know if you've heard Jared talk before about the words that he has for the boys and like these rites of passages that he's going to bring them through worship. The work. sparksmen. Yes. <laughs> worship work, protect, provide, lead, love. Those are their works. Or there's, those are their words that they will work through as they become a man. And then for Providence, we have our words picked out that we are going to work through with her. And it's worship, work, help, submit, fear, nothing, and love. And those are things that we desire for her. So those are be like her little building blocks that we bring her through as she's becoming a woman and training her in and being prepared for marriage and being prepared to be a godly wife one day and a godly woman and church member and all the things that a woman should be. Uh, but yeah, we we hope for her that God would send a godly husband at a her early age, that she would stay in our home and um, be active and contributing member of our home and our church until God brings her spouse and then he, she would be handed over to him. That's such a beautiful picture. And I also feel like this needs to become the normal of mm-hmm. Christian families. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, that is okay for your daughters to stay within your household. Yeah. And it's a wonderful thing. Like that's a wonderful thing to have. And it just, it makes me think of the Tin Booms, Corey Tin Boom and her yeah. family. And they lived with their dad and like contributed to the business. And we talked about this in the singleness episode too, but I think that that's such a wonderful example too of, um, of just a patriarch that took care of his daughters, even in what a lot of call spinsterhood, you know, they're older and not married, but they were incredibly <laughs> amazing women who contributed so much, not only to their family, but to like the world at large, like Christian heroes of the faith that we have in these women that were single, you know, and living in their father's home. So it's just cool yeah. to think about examples we from the past. We knew a young girl from our uh, church that we used to go to. And uh, when she was 16 is when I met her. And our first conversation, I asked her, I was talking to her and she's like, all I ever want to be is a wife and a mom. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, praise God. So she would start coming over and um, we spent a lot of time together. And then as it time came time, because she was homeschooled and she graduated and everyone was asking her where she's going to college, where she's going to school. And she would tell me, it's really awkward telling people that I'm not going to school because they're mm -hmm. looking at me like I'm lesser than I'm mm -hmm. staying at my parents' house. I She helped her mom with the garden. They raised bunnies mm -hmm. and they did all kinds of really mm -hmm. cool homestead stuff. But her priority was always to get married. That was always, mm -hmm. she didn't have a backup plan. Yeah. And it was so cool to see within two months of her graduating, she met this guy through her family through her dad and her brother and he was four years older than her already had a job working mm -hmm. well he had a yeah. property that he bought he was building a house and they got married two months later and she is thriving yeah she's sweet. this that was a year ago mm -hmm. that uh she got married and I'm thinking like she didn't have a backup plan yeah. her mm -hmm. her vision was always the yeah. same of I'm going to get married. I don't know how, I don't know how this is all going to work out, yeah. but I trust that God sees me. He's going to provide a husband for me. Her parents were so supportive of her. Mm -hmm. And it was so encouraging to see that as a, a young girl full of faith, that she didn't plan her life around a backup plan. She planned her life around plan A and mm -hmm. lived dependent upon the Lord that he would come through for her. And he yeah. did. Absolutely. That's wonderful. And I think that I think that the church should be so full of women who are living obediently as wives and moms and homemakers that all of our daughters are being raised up in a way that they're like, of course, this is what I want to do. Of course, I want to serve my husband and serve my children and serve my church and love being a homemaker and be obedient in those callings and vocations. Um, that that should be the norm that we should expect from young girls, not like it should be odd to us that a girl would like want to go pursue a career situation, that that should be the exception Peculiar. and not the norm. Yeah. That it should be the norm that all these young girls are being raised up in a way that they, that they know what God's called them to and that they desire that because they've seen a beautiful example of women with a baby on their hip or in the garden yes. or, you know, all these different things that they're like, I want that too. I want to do yes. those things too. Like, that's a beautiful thing. And it's also what God, I think God is, I've been taught that this is what God is calling me to in scripture and um, yes. that those should be the norm for our daughters raising up and, and women that we see in the church as they grow up, that <clears throat> that should be the norm for them <clears throat> and not, and not the other way around. 
yeah I think that's a, a beautiful way of wrapping this up that <laughs> that we're making this the the normal thing and giving girls a positive vision to look forward to yeah yeah absolutely um so anyways thank you so much for coming on today and chatting with me we'll have to do this again thank soon. you I really appreciate it Jordan okay well I'll talk to you later Kelly see ya